And this is Donna. And this is episode number 62 of the Circus 71 podcast for the week of June 15th, 2021. Coming up on today's show, big news about face masks and social distancing. News about a fan favorite restaurant returning. A few rumors worth discussing about the future. And in our main segment, we discuss the beloved Fast Pass Plus system and what we considered to be best picks for each park. This is the Circa 71 podcast. All right, Donna, several news stories this week. Let's get right into the news. Actually, it was probably one of the bigger news stories that we've, news weeks that we've had in very recent memory. Um, first up, more dates added for the Disney After Hours Boo Bash at the Magic Kingdom. So if you're unable to snag a ticket, um, new event dates are Sunday, September 5th. Sunday, all of them are Sunday, September 12th, September 19th, October 10th, and October uh, 17th. Uh, general booking, just a reminder, will open today as we release this on June the 15th to uh, general public. Everybody will be eligible, not just resort guests. Donna, you want to talk a little bit about the release day? <laughs> So I promised you before we started recording that I would try to rein in my anger about this whole thing, but it's worth saying two things. The first thing I'm going to say, because it just, I don't say it's wrong because obviously Disney can and will do whatever they want to do. And I understand opening up more dates gives more people an opportunity to experience it, which is, you know, a good thing. But, but I had a client switch her dates when they announced the boobash dates so that way she could go. And now, lo and behold, wouldn't you know, one of these Sundays that they've announced as a party night were over her original dates. Right. So that, I mean, that's just me, one client. I only had five clients out of all of my August, September, October clients who were interested in booking this event because there's so many question marks about it. But of those five clients, one of them changed her dates in order to, to be able to go. And now Disney says, oh, look, there's some more dates available. So that grinds my gears. That's number one. Number two, should I um, should I let our listeners know about my experience Tuesday morning? Sure. Okay. So Tuesday morning, the call lines were going to open at 7 a.m. Donna doesn't really like 7 a.m. <laughs> no. Donna's not really a fan of 830. <laughs> That's not true. It's just anything before like 730, I'm a little grouchy, like being real. Like I don't I don't like seeing anything prior to like 730 when I hear my kid wake up. I'm like, dude, go back to sleep. But Anyway, I'm very, very lucky. I work from home. I can sleep in. So 7 a.m. I wake up at about 630 because I peed. I wanted to use the restroom. So I used the restroom and I was like, I'm not going to go to bed for 20 more minutes. I'm going to stay up. So I was up at 630 at this point and I'm sitting, waiting, waiting, waiting for the clock to turn to seven. Clock turns to seven. I start to try to call in and busy signal, busy signal, busy signal, which already is a great start to the morning. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Like it really is going to be a crazy busy release because we weren't 100% sure. And anyway. Finally connected at like 7.03. It was only like the 14th time I hit send. The reason I say only the 14th time is because the last time I had to call Disney for something on a release day, it was for the wish when I called a hundred plus times right. <laughs> to let me in. So uh, for, for, you know, less than 15 phone calls to get into the call queue, I was like, this is great. But it was like a really, really staticky connection as I put in my travel agent information. And instead of it playing hold music, it was like dead air. So I'm like, oh, geez. So two hours and 30 minutes went by of dead air um, before my phone went beep, indicating that the line had been 
cut off by Disney. Two and a half hours in. Fortunately for Jamie, he was unavailable when I called him because I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't get to hear the the, the rant. Uh, so I called back like a dutiful travel agent. And an hour and one minute later, and there was hold music this, the second time. An hour and one minute later, I hear the, the beep again. So I've now held for three and a half hours. At this point in time, it's probably about 1045 in the morning because of, you know, needing to, to call back and things like that. And I am nowhere closer to getting these blessed tickets for my clients than I was at 630 when I woke up to use the restroom. <laughs> so <laughs> I try to call again. And instead of even getting a busy signal, and Jamie, I'm, I'm not even sure if I told you this, a message was playing that essentially told people, you know, hey, we're really sorry. And by people, I mean travel agents. We're really sorry. Um, due to high call volume, we cannot put anyone else in the call queue. Yes. I, I, I think Andrew may have texted that to me, letting me know. Okay. So at this point in time, I'm like, what do I do? And then I start hearing rumors that Halloween night is sold out. And I am pissed because I have a client who, um, you know, reached out to me well before 2020, late 2021 dates were available to be booked. And she was all about coming for Halloween, all about, you know, at that point in time, she was talking about it being um, a not so scary Halloween party, which, you know, whatever. Um, but wanting to do this on Halloween night for her kids, like this is really what she wants to do. So this is kind of like a make or break vacation experience for this client. So I'm thinking like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, not to say, you know, oh, what was me, but like that, I felt very strongly that I had done everything I was supposed to do and right. had like failed that client, let that client down. So now I'm like doubly PO'd, finally get back in the call queue, two hours and 15 minutes later of dead air. Again, this, this third time was, was dead air. So it was dead air, then hold music, then dead air the third time I get an agent. Agent picks up. How can I help you? And it was all I could do to say, Oh, I'm just, I just want to book some boobash tickets. Not be like, what the F do you think I'm calling for? Right. Like, do you think I really just held for six plus hours to, to make a modification to a reservation? Right. But it wasn't going to be a bad day. <laughs> so I, uh, I was very lucky. Um, I actually asked her to please check Halloween night again. She did. And lo and behold, it was available. It turns out there might've been some sort of glitch because even the cast members to me, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Halloween night sold out. And I said, well, would you mind checking? Like, I just want to really make sure. And she went and she's like, Oh, I, I see it. This is great. So um, fortunately I was able to get my five clients taken care of. I got your client taken care of. And I got five other clients across three other agents taken care of before my 90 minute phone call time uh, timed out. So I was really happy and really, you know, thankful that it worked out the way it did, but there was absolutely no reason that something that started at seven o'clock in the morning should have taken seven plus hours to accomplish. No. And, and this, I mean, this sounds self self-fulfilling. I mean, is why, People should have, you know, travel agents to sit on the hold for hour, sit on hold for hours and hours and hours. But Disney does this every time there's some sort of new release. Like, why not do it? And I know, Donna, your experience with the wish wasn't the greatest on, on DVC day, but why not do it like that? You know what? Instead of opening up whatever it is, three months, four, you know, four months, three and a half, whatever it is, worth of, of dates at once. For all of your resort guests, I mean, at least they did that in two different waves, 
why not do a September wave on this day and then an October day wave on this day and just break it up a little bit. There is no reason to do it this way constantly. I think the only counterpoint to that could be based on my experience with the wish when it was just open to two populations that day, it was still three hours and 45 minutes on hold. So I think that the counterpoint becomes, and I I truly am just playing devil's advocate here because I don't know which one would be better, but I think the counterpoint would be, okay, so now I'm a travel agent and I have guests in three different buckets, let's call them, or three different booking days. Now I have to sit on hold for three, four hours, three different days to do it instead of one day being down the drain like it was for me. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, always think disney may operate with what would be most convenient for travel agents but you know no it's it's a fair point you know as well i just think there's so many better ways to to do this so but nevertheless five more nights that people can go to boobash and they will not be available until next tuesday for general public regardless of if you're staying on property during those five nights or today because it's going to be released next Tuesday, the fifteenth. I apologize. I always think in terms of in terms of us sitting talking in the evening. But yes, the day that yeah. the podcast will be released, we'll the tickets be the will be for sale. Yep. Yep. Very good. All right, Donna. Want you to take us with our next news story? This is a big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to drink my Perrier. Uh, so. Uh, face shields no longer required for any cast members at Walt Disney World in any position. This is really, really interesting. This comes um, after the news that face masks will no, re- no, blah, 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 no longer be required for fully vaccinated guests beginning June 15th. So let's kind of break this up into two different parts, this, this story, because it's a big one. So previously, select cast members were required to wear face shields depending on their position um and some of that requirement and jamie please correct me if i'm misspeaking here some of it was position based but wasn't some of it also based on whether or not they're part of the union um that part i didn't know i i thought it was just based on their individual positions um and because i don't think any non-union cast um you know, like weren't able to, um, you know, wear shields. I think Disney provided all of the the people. No, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I guess I explained what I had heard the wrong way. I had thought that the union was requiring some cast members to wear them, whereas for non-unionized cast members, it was optional. Oh, that I, I'm not sure of. Okay. I no, I guess, I guess it was just something I, I heard. I don't know. I wouldn't swear to it, but it was something that I had heard that okay. the union was saying we are requiring our, our folks to do this. It, it, plausible. I, I don't know one way or the other for that. So the change there would be that uh, cast members indoors may now choose to wear safety goggles instead of the face shields. I don't know which one's going to be more or less comfortable. Um, I, I feel like I will be able to hear the cast members a little bit more clearly. Because sometimes it, and I'm not one of one of the people who feels like, oh, it's hard to hear you through a mask because I don't believe that to be true. But the shield, I mean, that just sent their their volume back toward them. And that did make it hard sometimes. So I do think that if a cast member chooses to wear goggles inside, that might be a little easier to hear them. Yeah, I think the goggles is, is actually a pretty great idea. You're, you know, the eye 
membranes. God, I'm embarrassing all my anatomy teachers, um, <laughs> you know, are still going to be protected. And, and no, I think that's a great idea. All right. So then let's uh, go back to kind of the, the slip in uh, story, which is the big one. Face masks will no longer be required for fully vaccinated guests beginning June 15th. Now, the caveat to that will be all forms of Disney transportation. So regardless of if you are vaccinated, regardless of, of anything, you must wear an approved face covering over your mouth and nose on the buses, the Skyliner, the monorails, Disney transportation. You must have a mask on ages two and up. With the exception of boats and ferries. Well, because they're outdoor or open air, I guess would be the term. Right. Yeah, but they're they would still fall under the umbrella of Disney transportation. So they were the one um, uh, exception. Non. Yeah, it's that I was going to say non requirement. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's I'm tired. <laughs> yes. That would be the exception to the to that rule of the transportation piece. Um, so they have made it a point to state that they are not going to ask for any sort of proof of vaccination uh, that they are going to trust that guests do the right thing and abide by their rules. So that was, was kind of interesting for sure. Um, I don't know, Jamie, you're coming, you're coming right when this is beginning. What do you think? If it was just Val and I, I wouldn't particularly care. My issue really comes in, and this is kind of a, just a general comment, um, and I, th- I think the fact that this has become so politically charged is insane to me, um, because to me it's not a political issue. It's a public health and safety issue. Um, I, the issue comes in for me with you still have a lot of kids under 12. And even, you know, in the 12 to 15 bracket, I mean, they haven't had a lot of time in to get um, fully vaccinated. You're, you're talking six weeks worth of time. Um, and it, it always strikes me as odd, the, the whole honor system thing. Like Costco, I go into Costco and it's an honor system for wearing your mask, yet I'm scrutinized with my receipt like I'm you know, TSA trying to board a flight, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's so counterintuitive to, to what everything else is, you know, Disney, if we really believe in the honor system so much, maybe we don't need cash registers at gift shops, you know, just trust people will put money into the bank or, you know, into some pot that is equivalent to the money of the merchandise that they're walking out with. Like, that's an honor system. So it's, <laughs> and I know, you know, some people are way, way against like a vaccine passport or Disney checking for it and things like that. It, it makes me nervous having two children who aren't eligible to be vaccinated. Yeah. And that's always been my concern with Anthony. But I think for me, the bottom line is you're still going to do what you think is best as a parent, just like we're going to do what we think is best as, as Anthony's parents. And they can't, I have to be careful with how I say this, because I don't mean this as, you know, a nonchalant way. And I don't want it to come off as nonchalant in that I can't be mad at Disney for making the same decision that's being made everywhere else in Orange County right now. 
I can't say, oh, Disney, why didn't you, you know, stick to your guns or why didn't you protect the kids a little longer or, or whatever. The bottom line is, you know, when we go to Publix now, you don't have to wear a mask. When you walk into a restaurant now, you don't have to wear a mask. When you walk in anywhere, you don't have to. Now we do. We still choose to. Right. But the people around us no longer have to. And that becomes the, the kind of kicker when it's like, well, two masks are better than one. But, but the bottom line is he's still going to be wearing his. We're still going to be you know, washing his hands and hand sanitizer and, and every other thing. And he's still going to preschool August 10th. He's starting you know, VPK August 10th, regardless of, of anything else. So I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. My one one thing with the with it is you're also making these changes while you're now seating every row in a theater yeah every seat is is, you know so it's those kind of issues and i know a lot of people's counterpoints is well then don't take your kids to disney that's preposterous to me (laughs) i I find that statement and and i read it on twitter and I, i don't necessarily think any of our listeners may may think that but it the fact that you're so selfish and don't want to wear your own mask to protect a, a six-year-old, that's insane to me. And I will, nobody could ever explain that to me um, where I would say, oh, yeah, that, I agree. That makes sense. Like, I just, that bothers me to no end. It's funny that you brought up the, the thing about, like, they're doing it all at the same time. We went to Hollywood Studios on... Thursday? No, excuse me. When Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. <laughs> the days have merged together. Uh, earlier this week, we went to Disney's Hollywood Studios, and they've removed all of the physical distancing markers on mm-hmm. the in the outside, um, and even like Disney Junior Dance Party. Or sorry, excuse me. It's not play and dance. It's not the dance party anymore. It's play and yeah. dance. Um, they've they've went from I don't know maybe. 20 total circles family dance party circles to probably four times that so they still have the circles but it, it, it's they don't need them because <laughs> they right. have people in that you know it's kind of silly um but andrew and i were commenting that it was really interesting outside because again when we were there as soon as you were walking inside there were cast members saying please remember when you walk inside the building you have to pull your face covering you have to wear your face covering blah 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 um we were saying we felt it was so interesting that they took away the mask mandate outside and took away the physical distancing markers outside so it was kind of like it went from you know double protection to no protection like that so we we were it's funny that you brought that up because that was one thing that that he and i were talking about as well um i don't know i I think you and i have said this before jamie we have to trust that disney's going to do the right thing for the right reasons right no I, i agree it's We'll see. I, I mean, you know, certainly if, if we're in a situation, you know, Aiden will have his mask, we have our mask. If there's a situation where we don't feel comfortable, then, you know, we'll go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the, the beauty of it, that, you know, no one's making you do anything or, or anything like that. You can still control your decisions for sure. Yeah. All right. So some well, social fatty I, news. I was just going to say, since I took your story, do you want to jump into this one? Sure. Um, Ohana at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort and Sebastian's Bistro at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort 
reopening dates announced. Ohana at the Poly will be reopening July 9th. Sebastian's Bistro at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort will be reopening June 24th. Um, Ohana booking is now available and um, uh, Sebastian's. Both of them are now eligible um, to be booked. Um, both and all you care or I'm sorry for Ohana all you care to enjoy breakfast and dinner will return but no characters and we'll talk about some of the food items in our next news story um, <laughs> and uh, Ohana or excuse me Sebastian's Bistro um, will have a um, family style meal um, with oven roasted citrus chicken slow cooked mo- mojo pork moho pork um, with mango, grilled flank steak, um, cilantro, rice, and beans. And as an add-on, you can even have coconut shrimp. So it looks actually quite tasting. We've heard very good things um, about Sebastian's Bistro to the Point. Donna, this is one place that I booked today for our um, trip in August. I have heard it is absolutely excellent, and I love coconut shrimp. So if you guys get that, you're going to have to tell me all about it. Yeah, it looks like it's it's going to be a uh, a winner winner coconut shrimp dinner. <laughs> but guys, right, so the, I- the bigger news. Yeah, I was just going to say. Here we go. So when it was announced that Ohana was going to reopen, um, Jamie was beyond excited. He was sending messages to our group thread about um, how this is the best thing. And I'm actually literally scrolling through the group thread right now where Val said this is the best news ever. Uh, So literally like the excitement level about Ohana reopening was through the roof. And then something very, very sad happened. Jamie, what was that sad thing? We realized that they took off the noodles on the menu. And I complained, of course, the pineapple bread was gone. But Val said, no, noodles are my favorite. And Jamie said, yep. And then it was literally like sad face, sad face, crying face. I mean, we were, it was devastating news. And they, they also took off the grilled shrimp skewers, but... I this is something and I don't usually do this. I, I made a comment on Twitter to to Disney <laughs> about Disney Parks about this cuz I was so angry. Um and it was about to be food. Effect- it was. He makes no comments about the masks, but he's so angry <laughs> about food. <laughs> I wrote um only you guys could screw up a money printing machine like Ohana. Hashtag save the noodles was my tweet to Disney parks. Okay. And apparently that tweet um, became, as Val said, quote, the best news ever because Disney caved, air quote, caved and announced that, in fact, they will be bringing back the fan favorite noodles. It's so ridiculous. Why? Do you have to do things just like like you want to squeeze every penny and nickel out of all of your guests and you're just annoying people like it's and I think with this it was a tipping point um, that like there was an uproar on his (laughs) Twitter. It was crazy and I was a part of it and I'm going to take credit that I single handedly 
caused Disney to cave and brought the noodles back. Or maybe they were always planning to bring them back and they were just waiting to get people to talk about it. You know what I could see as plausible? They had a feeling this would happen. But if it didn't happen, they could cut it from the menu and save money anyways. So they were okay with bringing it back. But if not, it's an it's a more profit. I mean, this is just disgraceful. I, I so angry over this, and there's still no grilled shrimp. They replaced it with some ridiculous shrimp casserole thing. I cannot believe that you were more angry about that than you were about no crab legs at Cape May Cafe. It's funny you mention that because uh, that was a common thread that I was also reading on Twitter that. You know what? We let them get away with Cape May Cafe, and we probably shouldn't have. <laughs> um, but if I, I'm going to put out hope that if Cape May Cafe goes back to buffet, I think the crab legs go back on the menu. I doubt it. I think that's one of those things where you know you say all the time that once you give people something, it's hard to take it away. In this case, now that that something has been made a premium cost, even if the rest of it goes back to buffet style, I predict it will still be X number of dollars per pound for crab legs. Maybe, but it actually kind of, you're, <laughs> it's funny that your point was once you give something to people, it's harder to take it away. That's literally what they did with the crab legs. No, 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 but that, but to me, it's different enough because it's a different experience. So you don't think it goes back to buffet ever? No, uh, no, no. But what I'm saying is, I think when it goes back to a buffet, they will say like, "Oh, this is just our, this is our policy now." Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it is. I do have it booked for next week, so I will report on how it is. Nevertheless, go ahead. Um, are you, you up now? I am. So the next story is a little bit of speculation backed by a little bit of fact. So that's the first thing that Jamie and I always like to say. We don't usually speak a whole ton to rumors, but because there is enough to substantiate the rumor, we're going to talk about it. Is that fair to, to preface it like that? There's enough where there's enough smoke, there just might be fire. And it's it's been discussed on a number of, you know, reputable, at least I consider websites that, you know, there's some smoke here. All right. Fair enough. So as I'm sure you all know, since Walt Disney World reopened last year, the Fast Pass Plus service was suspended due to COVID-19. However, with the physical distancing changes, we are hoping, praying, crossing our fingers that uh, FastPass Plus comes back to us the way that it was. Jamie and I have said that a million times. You know, rumors of a, of a paid um, system are, are kind of floating around. But the most recent piece that has really added, as Jamie said, that smoke to this, this fuel, this fire here, is the My Disney Experience app, app update now states the word standby. 
So th- for those that, I mean, let's be serious. If you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly what standby means. But just on the odd chance that you might not, standby is you're waiting in the line. Fast pass is you have a fast pass, a selected time to return. So the standby line, how long is the line? Peter Pan's flights, 30 minutes. That is all it used to say in the app. 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 25 minutes, whatever the case may be. Now they've added that beautiful, yeah. correct. Now they've added that beautiful 30 minute standby wait. And that is now standard in the My Dizzy Experience app. That word standby had not been there for many, many, many months and is now um, now sitting there and is making us wonder, is FastPass Plus coming back soon? Yeah, it's, you know, could be FastPass Plus, you know, additional virtual queues, you know, in the My Disney Experience app, it, it says virtual queues as in plural, Yet you can only get it for Rise of the Resistance, correct? Um, you know, so it, it, it there's no reason to make that change just to make that change. Nobody was being confused as to what the line was or wasn't because there's only one line. You know what, though, in fairness, Jamie, I have seen on social media, I've heard people in lines say out loud when they see people using that that fast pass queue i thought fast pass wasn't anymore why are people in that line and they speculate aloud about why people are using that side and you know some people don't know about the guest assistance pass or some people don't realize club 33 or golden oak or whatever the access might be rider swap Mm -hmm. uses that line so there's you know people that have those you know it's just i don't know It, it is interesting as to why because they're not even they don't even call that the the fast pass line i think that's the alternate it's either alternate or alternative i forget which word they use i think it's alternate access line now interesting you know in in cast member lingo or whatever because there is no fast pass line yet at the moment for now well we shall see hopefully but this is a good ta- uh, good launching point for our discussion later on. So I feel like you should have switched the order there, James. Because I've been like with this. Part. Yep. Well, I thought this last one was a bigger news story. Sure. Our last one. So rumor, 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 rumor. But once again, from one of our you know reputable sources, um, WDWNT rumor: Walt Disney World bringing back fireworks. In early July 2021, Um, according to cast members at Magic Kingdom and Epcot, they've heard that fireworks would be back in both parks by or around July 4th. Um, Obviously, pretty popular night for fireworks viewing um, at both of these parks as there's typically special shows and tags to offer guests um, for the uh, Independence Day uh, celebration. So... Should be interesting. I always tell folks, you know, when they ask me, you know, clients ask me, do you, when do you think fireworks are going to come back? Or do you think they're going to, you know, whatever the case, whatever the case may be. Um, so uh, I always tell them, I can't say, I can't look into a crystal ball. I don't, you know, have a direct line to Disney as much as I wish I did or something like that. But for 100% sure, I can tell you, it is not a rumor that fireworks at Epcot are being tested. Correct. We hear them. So we know that it's happening. I've seen pictures of it. We know for sure that they are in testing. I can also tell you that I would be shocked if Magic Kingdom had tested fireworks and we didn't hear it from here. Right. So I don't believe that Magic Kingdom has tested at any hour of the day or night. Uh, But I know for a fact Epcot has been. 
Yeah, and it's also interesting to note that cast members are openly saying this to guests. It's not really being uh, downplayed or, you know, like Universal said, oh, we're not building a new coaster. It's a churro stand. Um, (laughs) You know, are openly saying this to guests at both MK and um, Epcot. So it's being heard from more than one source, as we said with the um, standby discussion where there's smoke, there might just be a little bit of fireworks, perhaps. I mean, Jamie, I've been saying it for a long time and I will continue to say it. If they are so comfortable and so confident to remove all of, you know, I shouldn't say all, but many of the precautions they had in place, bring back the dying fireworks. I'm tired of it. Let's go. When it becomes a, a financial reason why they're not doing it. And it's blatantly obvious. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. So I think that's about it for the news, Donna. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with our main topic where we talk about some of our favorite Fast Pass Plus picks. Oh, how we miss thee. You know what else I miss, Jamie? Seeing your smiling face. There you go. Oh, thank you for smiling. He had pauses video so that he could look at something full screen so I had to bust his chops. Mm-hmm. So... Today's episode main segment, we are going to kind of talk through these tiers. And this could all be for naught because <laughs> Disney could very easily come back and, you know, have this all changed around or totally different or no tiers or paid system that would be totally different anyway. But at least for now, Jamie and I wanted to, to spend a little bit of time talking about our beloved FastPass system and what we hope to see um, and some tips, I guess, for when it comes back. Maybe our, you know, since we get three, what we would do is our three in each, you know, each park or see how long it takes us to get through. Yeah. And the other thing that I want to quickly talk about, simply because I know you and I have very different strategies and I think our listeners should hear their strategies, would be time, timing. Oh, yeah. Now, are we also doing this with kids or without? Oh, that's a great question. How do you want to do without? Okay. Yeah, because yeah, let's do without because I think some of the fast passes that I would use with. You know what? Actually, Donna, we could do both. Let's do kids in a different show. Sure. Because I think that would actually change a lot of what we have to talk about. So let's do uh, for our first ones first set this week. you know, you and Andrew, me and Val, ourselves. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Start at MK. Obviously. I think for me, it's going to be the three mountains. I'm doing space splash. Yeah, probably big thunder. Yeah. I think the, it's going to be the mountains. Um, maybe I, Big Thunder's not in my top three because it's usually eligible and easy to get later on in the afternoon. Maybe I would switch that out with like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train just for something that's fun. I think you have to do Mine Train. I always include Mine Train. I do Mine Train, I do Space, and I do either Splash or Big Thunder. And then I figure I'll wait on the other one. Uh, Standby says they're right next to one another. So I feel like, okay, I'm going to wait in one line as opposed to waiting in two if you will right no that that's fair um i'm calling you back on the facetime by the way because 
I got annoyed seeing reconnecting for so often. Um, yeah, I think that would be my my choices would probably be Space Splash because I like those two a little bit more over um, Big Thunder Mountain. Um, and then I would go... Don't forget to mute yourself. There we go. I like hearing the surround sound. That was like yeah. kind of impressive. Spatial audio. Um, yeah, I, I of the three mountains, you know, Space and Splash would be my top two. Um, and then I'd probably do Mine Train as, as my third fast pass. I, the problem with Mine Train, I think, is it's just a short attraction. It's fun, um, but in, in terms of, you know, a roller coaster value, it's, it's, you know, I, I would, I would rather, I think, do Slinky Dog over. Oh, there's no comparison Seven between, between Slinky and Seven Dwarfs. I don't think, at least. Um, in terms of quality, probably not, but I think they're, you know, they're not on a level of a rock and it's not on a level of Big Thunder. Um, but I, I think mean, they're, both... they're both the same height requirement. They're both 38 inches. Yeah, but I think Big Thunder's more intense than. Well, Big Thunder's 40. Mine train, right. Um, and what's a. Oh, God. Goofy. Barnstormer? Barnstormer. That's. 32, that I think. Yeah, that, that's super. So it, it fits kind of in the in the middle there. So yeah, I would go Space Splash, Seven Dwarfs Mine, my top three. And you know, for our demographic, I think most people would, you know, if, as long as they don't mind roller coasters, most people's top three. So sometimes I have families who say, okay, we're not roller coaster people. And I suggest things like Haunted Mansion, um, Enchanted Tales with Belle. I mean, that was just a cool mm. experience. That was more than just a character greeting. So that was a good one. Um, in general, things like Dumbo or uh, Barnstormer, Meeting Ariel, I mean, things like that typically did not require Fast Pass. I will say that um, Town Square, Mickey, uh, Mickey Mouse meet and greet, that was one that a lot of times I picked up for folks because that line got long. Yeah. Yeah, that, that could, I mean, easily be a 60 minute or so wait. Yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely one thing to get. Now, can we talk timing really quickly? Sure. So for me, part of it would be which selections guests would tell me they wanted. So if folks told me they wanted the Mickey Mouse meet and greet, that was something that I was booking either when they told me they would be getting there in the morning or when they thought they'd be leaving, because that was a pain in the tail to come all the way back mm -hmm. down Main Street just to do that attraction to then go back into the park. Yeah, no, that's valid. So that comes into play. The biggest piece with waiting and holding a fast pass until when you think you're leaving at night is that's that's it then. Those would be your three fast passes for the day. Because once you use your third, you get your fourth. Once you use your fourth, you get your fifth, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. So that leads me into this big discussion of timing. Because, Jamie, please correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you always really, really early stack your three fast passes so that you can continue to get more? Yeah. My strategy was always, and I'll talk about it, a strategy that that um, goes against what I usually do um, as well. But I was always, you know, because you had to block an hour out, um, 9, 10, 11, 
occasionally 10, 11, 12. Um, but I always wanted that third fast pass wrapped up as soon as possible to be eligible for that rolling fourth and fifth and, and so on and so forth. Um, I always like that strategy. There's also another conventional wisdom is if you're in the parks early enough, um, you know, you get fast passes more so for the afternoon as wait times increase. So you're essentially increasing the value of the fast pass. Um, eh, okay, maybe. Um, but I never had an issue getting a fast pass for a buzz light year for three minutes from now when the standby queue was 45 minutes long. Right. So I always thought getting those big headliner fast passes first was a better strategy as early as you could and then get fast passes for a haunted mansion, even a jungle cruise, pirates, things like that. Um, I think my personal record in a day with fast pass plus was like 12. Mm-hmm. No, and I get that, but I am one of those people who I didn't quite do afternoon. Cause I do, I do understand what people said. Okay. One, two, and three was, was what I would do, you know, blah, blah, blah. I would usually do 11, 12 and one. And I had a couple reasons for that. First of all, everyone has the best intentions of being there early. Everyone does, but life happens. <laughs> you sleep in or you decide you're going to, you know, have a longer breakfast or whatever. And having you know your first fast pass, not until 11 and really the closed window, not being until 12 really gives you a lot of time in the morning for the what ifs. I also am a firm right. believer in Disney is going to post longer wait times in the morning than they're actually seeing because they want to make it look like the parks are busier and deter people from going to the the bigger attractions um and i just that's just been my experience well before you know we've seen these crazy 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 discrepancies since covid reopening um but even well before that you know they always always stacked the lines physically made the lines look longer outside of the the queue and also in the app so i truly believe that in the morning you can get a ton done so I always tell my guests, do the little stuff, the stuff that, you know, isn't going to have much more than a 10 minute line first thing in the morning. And then, you know, once things start to get busy, if your lunch isn't until 1230, get a little snack, then do your first fast pass, then do your right. second fast pass, then you have lunch, then you do your third fast pass. And that's when you can roll along the rest of the day, either in that park or in another park with additional fast passes. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's a valid way to do it. I think both, I think both essentially accomplish the same thing. I think, I think the way I tend to do it with it, you know. Or now, do you do that for it, your guests too, or is that just for you? Because I think that there's a difference too. I, it, it would depend. Usually I would ask, I would also explain, you know, what I personally do. Most people um, that I did the fast passes for went along with that kind of strategy or did a 10, 11, 12. But I, you know, I always said, and this is back when, when wishes had fast pass, I said, if you get wishes, you're getting three for the day and that's right. ball game. Um, so I think that's, that's important. The other thing that's important about magic kingdom um, is that it wasn't a tiered system. Like some of the other parts we're going to talk about. Yeah, this is this is literally your three can be anything you want from any, you know, thrill to monsters and class floor. 
<laughs> all would work for, for the fast pass plus. So, um, yeah, I do. I do think that makes a difference. And then even going over to, should we do Epcot next or should we talk? Oh no. Cause animal kingdoms tier too. All right. So let's just move on in order then do Epcot. Sounds good. Okay. So Epcot brings in the first of those tiers that we were discussing. So again, this was pre closure group a or tier a or tier one or whatever you want to call it was epcot forever the fireworks show frozen ever after which is the overlay of the old maelstrom attraction in norway soren and test track so what that meant was that you could choose one and only one from that group a as one of your first three fast passes for the day you didn't have to choose a group a if it made you happy to have three from group b you could but you could only have one initially so as jamie just pointed out with wishes if your one for the day was epcot forever that's that's it those are the three passes fast passes you're getting or the three you pick because epcot forever would be the last thing you were doing that day right the only kind of caveat to that might be with a park hopper, and this is really getting the nitty gritty. You could do three fast passes in another park and then pick up Epcot Forever for your next fast pass later that day. Right. And then Group B, Jamie, did you want to roll through those? Sure. You had the epic Disney Pixar Short <laughs> Film Festival. It is Journey. cute. It's not fast pass cute, but it is cute. <laughs> Journey into imagination—it's worthless for a fast pass because you literally go in the same room. Yeah. Um, Journey into imagination with Figment, living with the land, the seas with Nemo and friends, Spaceship Earth, Turtle Talk with Crush, okay? Mission Space Green, Mission Space Vomit—I mean Orange. I have to say something really quickly. Of all the things that I've taught you about Disney, I might be most proud of passing on my love of Figment. I never remember doing that ride. I must have, but we never went in there. I mean, without exaggeration, I may have experienced that ride with a ten minute or ten uh, year hiatus in between rides. <laughs> but you like it now. It could be better. I like. I don't mind it. I think is a better. You know, so the songs are cute, and I, I like you know one little spark and things like that. But it definitely could be better, and I think it needs. But you're not as much of an old curmudgeon about it. No, I mean I'd do that over Mission Space Orange or Green. <laughs> so um, my pick for my actual my pick for this actually changed when. Um, Soren got the third theater because I think, you know, if, if you're looking at a potential standby weight, it cut it significantly. Um, it usually was between Frozen Ever After, um, sometimes Test Track, but I, Test Track 2.0, I just don't like. I just don't care for it. Um, so usually I would probably float between Frozen Ever After, um, which is cute. I, I get the whole you know, is it really cultural Norway or is it this, you know, fictional Arendelle? I get that argument. It's still a cute ride. You know, it's well done. Um, you know, sometimes the animatronics don't work, whatever. And, I mean, the the ice skating Olaf 
is absolutely Cute. adorable. I mean, yeah. that is a great animatronic. So there was effort that was put into it. Um, it's hard not to like it. I, I think, you know, it's without knowing if there was Maelstrom before and you were this cult favorite of Maelstrom, it's hard <laughs> not to like Frozen Ever After. Even though, it, you know, I get it's an IP overlay. It's a good IP. So I like it. I like that attraction. But for me, it, if it were just Andrew and I, that would not even enter my mind as a tier one choice. It would always be between Soren and Test Track. And again, as just adults, Soren 100% of the time over Test Track because Test Track has a single ride on. You got it. So for yeah. folks that I have traveling just adults, Again, pre-COVID, again with FastPass, I always suggested Soren because that could cue such a big line. Not the test track can, it can. But I would say, hey, you do Soren with your FastPass. You do the single rider line for test track because let's be honest, the ride itself is quick. What's annoying would have to, would be separated from your party during the line. So you're with your party in line in the single rider line. And I also tell folks, said I can't guarantee it. I said, but eight times out of 10, when Andrew and I would go through the single rider line, I would be in row one of the car. He'd be in row two right behind me in the same car. Right. Uh, we never had good luck in the single rider line, not as far as being in the same car, but the time of it. Really? Uh, uh, they're typically double every time that we've done it, the, the posted single rider weight. So we never had a real good experience hmm. with that. Um I don't know. And Soren, I just, if it was Soren over California, I'm all in. But yeah, I, just, that, that's, uh, I sound like an old curmudgeon, but I just don't like Soren around the world either. I, I mean, I, it, it's a cool attraction in terms of, um, you know, the ride mechanism, ride system, you know, but the, the constant CGI, the bear that looks at you, you know, the, the, Eiffel Tower that looks bent. All right, all right, all right. We've already complained about the attraction. So your pick would be Frozen Ever After. Mine would be Soren. Let's move it right along there, sir. All right. Group B, Living with the Land, I think is the most underrated attraction in Walt Disney World. I agree, but it's also almost always 10 minutes or less. Yeah, but the problem is what are you, specifically with Epcot Group B, what's your two? For me, it's Spaceship Earth and Living with the Land. Spaceship Earth for sure, because uh, that can cue a line. You can do Living with the Land, you can do Figment, but again, same, same argument there. Um, if you're into Mission Space, that's a decent use of a Fast Pass. You know that that's not my cup of tea, but that is a decent use of a Fast Pass. Um, definitely not the Pixar Film Festival. Definitely, definitely not. Definitely not Turtle Talk with Crush for the same reason. Um, yeah, I mean, groupie stuff. Sometimes for me, groupie was, what can I get the earliest? You know, what can I move the earliest and then get another fast pass? Yeah, no, that that's valid. Usually it'd be figment. Um, let me ask you this, Don. In our perfect world, fast pass plus comes back. Would we b- both agree? We would assume Remy's Ratatouille Adventure would be group A. Oh my gosh, it has to be. Okay, so my follow up question to that is, do one of the current group A's drop to group B? And if so, what would it be? Not a chance. They'll all stay A. You think they all stay A? 100%. 
especially with new fireworks show coming. Yeah, although in theory, if you want people to be to not use a ton of fast passes and have availability, you'd stick harmonious in Group B. Fair, I see that point, but yeah. I don't. I just don't think there'd be enough room for the number of people that would want it. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I definitely think it would be Group A. Um... Side note: We need to make an edit on this document. <laughs> Talks about eliminations. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace. So, <laughs> all right, Donna. So, to wrap up Epcot, I'm doing Frozen Ever After, Living with the Land, and Spaceship Earth, and you are doing Soren, Spaceship Earth, and Figment. Fair. <laughs> the face didn't make it seem fair. Yeah. Well, you're going to save, you know, all of four and a half minutes on Figment. So. <laughs> all right all right all right let's go to the studios and this is where it gets interesting you don't think um i was reading um so when we should uh, we should talk about when toy story lands um debuted that that group a was just the toy story land attractions so that was a (laughs) no-brainer to go with slinky dog dash over alien swirling saucers and over toy story midway mania though that could cue a decent line uh slinky was the one that was you know 90 100 120 minutes yeah so that was that was a home run but now with uh the debut of galaxy's edge bringing millennium falcon smugglers run into group a and mickey minnie's runner railway coming in it's those three millennium falcon smugglers run uh slinky dog dash and the mickey and minnie runaway railway makeup group a it's Slinky Dog Dash. Um, I mean, yes, because just I you and Andrew again. Fair, although I would like to do Smuggler's Run again, but I think I would still probably use it on Slinky. Yeah, I mean that—that's uh, Millennium Falcon to me is a next level. I guess you could say Star Tours. I don't care for it. I don't really want to be that interactive on an attraction. Have you done it? I have not. You're not allowed to say you don't care for it if you haven't tried it. But that's... I've been, you know, to Disney... Well, I guess just once. Um, No, wait. No, no, no. When did it open? December... I may may have been there twice when it's been opened. Um, I'd have to see the exact date that it opened, but I think it was around the time. Well, it didn't debut with FastPass, though. Ah, uh, that's fair. Yeah, uh, but we're just talking about me doing the ride, though. Um, I, I don't know. It, it just doesn't tickle my fancy. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be Slinky uh, with kids. You can make an argument either way, especially if they're not tall enough for Slink. Um, and then that's the other piece. Smugglers runs forty inches, so forty inches, thirty-eight inches, and then any heights for those three. Yeah. So. Yeah, for me and Val, it's it's Slinky Dog Dash. It's a hundred percent. It gets more interesting, I think, in Group B, because there are some former Tier One attractions that Correct. are now in Group B. So Group B is Toy Story Mania, Alien Swirling Saucers, Beauty and the Beast Live on Stage, Rock and Roller starring Aerosmith, Fantasmic, Disney Junior Live on Stage, 
for the first time in forever, a frozen sing-along celebration. Indiana Jones, Muppet Stunt Spectacular, Muppet Vision 3D. Did you hear what you said? You said Muppet. Indiana Jones, Muppet Stunt Spectacular. Did I? I thought yeah. I said epic. Off the list. Nah, I don't believe so. All right. Well, hey, maybe it would be more entertaining with the Muppets. Um, Star Tours 2, The Adventures Continue, and The Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror. So I have to say one thing before we really dive into this. Some people believe that they should never, ever, ever, air quote, waste a fast pass on a show. I am not one of those people who puts using a fast pass for a show as a waste category for a couple of reasons. Reason number one, there are some shows on this list, for example, Frozen Ever After, that you very well could walk up 20, 30 minutes before the show and not get into that next show unless you have a fast pass in which case you can walk up up to five minutes before showtime and walk right in so that's one piece that saves you time there the other reason i like it for certain shows is because of the prime seating that you get from using a fast pass the center sections the lower sections uh roped off just for those fast pass users don i should clarify two things uh one frozen ever after is the ride in epcot <laughs> oh shut up frozen thing on celebration <laughs> um and i i didn't scroll down far enough because as you were talking i'm like there's something missing on this list uh voyage uh, of the little mermaid there you go um as far as as shows um i agree with your points or your point specifically about shows to a certain extent um it depends on the show frozen yeah i'm not gonna argue that yeah frozen sing-along celebration um, I don't have an issue using it for that. Uh, Mermaid, I wouldn't use it as my original three. Unless, James, you use it as your third of the three because then your window closes so much quicker. I've done that before. So instead of it being, for example, 9, 10, 11, 11 to 12, that window is only 11 to 11, it doesn't 18 matter. or whatever. It doesn't matter. As soon as you use the 11 o'clock, you're eligible for the fourth. Really? Yes. Okay. All right. As soon as you redeem the 11 o'clock, whether, the window doesn't matter. As soon as it's redeemed, okay. you can get the fourth. Okay. Um, but but to, to your point, Voyage of the Little Mermaid is not a terrible, I think, fourth option, um, especially given what would be on the list. Beauty and the Beast live on stage, that I consider a waste. Even to a certain extent, um, Indiana Jones, certainly Muppet Vision 3D are things I, I would never have But in there's my a big difference three. between Muppet Vision 3D, where you walk into the same space, and Indiana Jones and Beauty and the Beast live on stage, there are specific seating areas that are closer and more centered. Did Beauty and the Beast have? Oh, Yeah. Did they? Okay. Yeah, but the, the the other problem with that is, though, that you had to be there so much earlier than the show's start time for, like, Beauty and the Beast that are you ending up really saving any time? It's just a reserved seat at that point. That's what I was just going to say. That's not necessarily about a time saver. That's about assuring a really nice seat. for. This is when it becomes you have to know your clients or you have to know yourself and your family and know what they want so if i have a family who says my kid loves bell loves bell loves bell we love the beauty and the beast movie and the live action movie we're all about it those are the kind of families who i'm doing a chant of tales with bell 
I'm doing a fast pass for Beauty and Beast live on stage because I know they're going to be front and center. Um, you know, telling them to get there toward the beginning of the fast pass window. It's really about knowing what you want out of these fast passes. Is it all about saving time? Not by doing it this way, but if it increases your experience, then I think it's a good move. Yeah, for for me with Val, Tower of Terror would be my group three, or group B, excuse me, and Red Toy Story Mania, of which course. used to be the paper fast pass to get. Oh yeah, 100%. so we agree on Slinky, we agree on Toy Story Mania, Tower, God, I don't know that I could pull the trigger on Tower, because you know that that's, that's like a once every few years type thing for me. So um, I, think, I think for us, it would have to be between Tower and Rockin', and Rockin' sometimes is his rock in my bones, so. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I've done it. When you talked about doing it the last time you were here, I'm slightly nervous. Oh, when, when we decided to get some crappy milkshakes instead? That would be the night, yep. Um... <laughs> uh... Maybe Boys of the Little Mermaid? Maybe. Well, you know what? No, seriously, it probably would be either Indie, which I know you don't like, or um, Beauty and the Beast. I probably would use it for one of those. You and Andrew, really? Yeah. Wow. I okay. love the shows at Hollywood Studios. It's one of my favorite parts about that park. Yeah. Or even and the be- Frozen sing-along. That's great, too. I would be okay with the Frozen sing-along. That I, I would mind less than... Beauty and the Beast. I just think that's just my personal opinion, not the a good use of it. Fair enough, sir. All right, should we wrap up with Dak? Let's do it. This one's pretty straightforward, I think. Yeah. Group A, it's the attractions in Pandora, World of Avatar, you have Flight of Passage, and the Navi River Journey. And should I just I'll just lift through Group B real quick. Sure. Dinosaur, Expedition Everest, Festival of the Lion King, Finding Nemo the Musical, It's Tough to Be a Bug, Kali River Rapids, Kilimanjaro Safaris, Meet Favorite Disney Pals at Adventurer's Outpost, and yeah, Primeval World, you might as well cross off the list, it doesn't exist. I also deleted uh, Rivers of Light. Rivers of Light, yeah. So (laughs) We'll have to change our updated uh, Yeah, no kidding. uh, footer there. Um, So Group A, it's going to be flight of passage right? yeah. there's navi journey is beautiful and it's relaxing and everything like that but when you consider wait times and experience flight of passage all day for adults to adults yeah no i agree i flight of passage i sometimes do need the c bands on um especially where if i'm seating seated in a weird um place I, I just think i don't do 3d glasses real well um but yeah, it's it's flight of passage. It's head and shoulders above Navi River Journey. And it's literally above Navi River Journey. <laughs> so um, that's an easy one. Group B, I think we might have a little more discussion though. Yeah, I mean, because I you're probably gonna be surprised to hear me say Kilimanjaro Safaris for Andrew and I. It's a good use. For me, and we talked about this before, I'm all about and this is counterintuitive to the third one i'm going to say but i typically am about using um you know a fast pass to save save time with stuff so that line gets super 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 long especially if a giraffe decides to stop in the middle of the road and you know the traffic jam ha 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 
and it's a longer attraction. So when you walk up with a fast pass and you're only waiting 10 minutes instead of an hour, that seems like a home run. Plus, Kim Jar's Fire to me is such a cool attraction. It's not one that I want to miss, nor one that I want to wait an hour for, because let's be serious, I don't like waiting an hour for anything. Right. So we typically would use it on Kilimanjaro Safari. And then our last one, oh, we've, we've been known to use it on Festival of the Lion King, even pre-Anthony. I think Everest is definitely a strong one. Dino, we don't usually use a fast pass on personally. Um, so probably Everest is our third. Okay. Um, I'm between three. Okay. I think. Um, I wish Kali River Rapids was longer, but I think that's a fun attraction still. It's not the best Rapids you know, type ride. I thought the one we did at, at DCA was much better. Yeah, um, Grizzly River Run. Yeah, um, but I would still probably go with Kali and dinosaur just because i think i get banged around on everest a little too much and i hate the breaking because it's that you're coming in hot and then it's that sudden break um at at the end of it that i'm just not a huge fan of i love dinosaur i i I don't know why i i I (laughs) just i think that's a cool attraction i wish it was lit a little better so you you know that you're more hold on hold on dinosaur or indy in california it's the same ride and, and track and everything. Oh, you're asking what I like better between those yeah. two? Um, I, uh, I like elements of both. And I know that can sound like a cop-out. I like the dinosaur. But I think there's way more to see and look at in India, DCA. Yeah, I, I really like Indy a lot more. Not that I don't like Dinosaur, but I I really enjoy the Indy one. Yeah, I, or although no, not in DC, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. Is one of the classic classic. Oh, Disney absolutely, tracks. yeah. It's um, and I keep saying DCA for that. That's in Disneyland. It is correct. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, it's Dinosaur is one of my choices because I just think that's a cool ride. Um, could be improved. I wish it was improved, but. It's still good enough to use on an original Fast Pass. Um, and funny side note with that, with Fast Pass Plus, that did see a significant uptick in people using Fast Pass for it. Do you know why, Donna? I don't. Because it was the first thing that popped up in um, Group B because it was grouped alphabetically. <laughs> That makes sense. So people would just, if they didn't know or just picking, would always pick that. Um, so it's all, uh, you know, a big increase in use. Um, Animal I think, Kingdom's one uh, of those parks that it is a monster if you're on one side of the park and you get a fast pass for the other side. Like I literally, if I were all on the other side, would be like, mm, I don't need to go do Dino right now, even if I can get a fast pass in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Dino um, and I think I'd rather do Kali River Rapids over Everest. It depends on the day. And I'll also give a nod to the meet uh, Mickey and Minnie um, meet and greet. It is cute. Even for adults. Even for adults, especially Christmas time. Yeah, no, it's fair. I don't know if I do it on my original three Sans kids, but it's cute. No, I I totally agree with you. So, interesting kind of overview of 
Fast Pass Plus and our top picks. And I definitely think we need to loop back to this um, and do with kids because I think we would have different answers. Oh, no doubt. So that's good. All right. You want to take us home, Donna? Always, James. <laughs> All right. So next week we are going to have a little bit of a theoretical discussion of what we think will be coming back next. So what I keep thinking would be hilarious would be as if report we recorded our segment, you know, making predictions, and then sometime between when we record it and when the podcast went live the next Tuesday, it actually came to fruition. <laughs> so uh, if that happens, I guess we'll have a little uh, little note from jamie or a little voiceover from jamie that says this was recorded previously or whatever <laughs> uh but we're definitely looking forward to kind of uh, looking into the jamie and donna crystal ball jamie's going to give us a trip report because his family's going to be coming down and we'll be recording at some point while they are down here and uh i think that's that's pretty much it we hope you have a great week and we'll see you real soon <laughs>